Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. To donate, go to paypal.me slash Raphael. That's S-I-F-U-R-A-F-A-E-L. I'm trying to keep this podcast free of advertisements. Anything you can donate is greatly appreciated. Thank you. A confused mind doesn't usually take much action. It's definitely not aligned action. And so those two questions are great, but a lot of people, you know, that myself included in the past and, you know, a lot of the clients when I first start working with them, it's, they try to add in the how. This is what I want, this is why I want it, but how? How am I going to do it? My guest today is Kevin Keppel. Kevin is a transformational business coach. He works with business owners and executives to help them create clarity in their businesses and leadership skills. My friend, thank you so much for being patient with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, having me on. I'm excited to share with you. So thank you for coming. And tell us, where are you coming from? Sure. I'm in uh, nice and hot Dallas, Texas. Oh, I love it. The, the hotter, the better. But is it humid? Definitely humid. It is. Mm. We love it when it's humid. You like it humid, huh? I don't. No, not at all. You're a business coach, am I right? Yes. And you've seen the difference in the world, the way we do business now, not only because of the pandemic, but also because of technology. Before we get into all that, tell me a little bit more about you. Who influenced you when you were younger? What were the things that made you who you are today? Sure, that's a great question. You know, I had, uh, fortunately, a lot of uh, pretty positive role models. You know, I had a really uh, great dad, a great mom, and a great stepdad. And my older brother, uh, he's two years older than me, but I always joke with them. I was like, I feel like you were born 70 years old. You're just wise and mature, <laughs> even when we were kids. And so I really look up to him as well. And, you know, I had some great teachers, and I played a lot of sports, and I had some great coaches. And so really had some, and my, gosh, my grandparents too. I was really fortunate to have a lot of uh, people that I respected and loved a lot to look up to and uh, help me see what better looked like, whether I wanted to uh, take the advice or not. And, you know, I, I did things my way and the hard way for a long time in spite of mm. much better advice. And I, gosh, from pretty much age, I feel like 15 to 30 years old, I insisted on, you know, being right instead of you know being kind and that's such a wow. hard way to go through the world because you know like i definitely don't have all the answers and to pretend that i did it was such a futile frustrating thing for me and all the people around me i'm sure and mm. I'm, I'm really grateful that uh i found some great coaches that uh you know saw more in me and were patient with me and taught me the value of learning to say i don't know and really mean it right and, and <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, that's really helped me get to where I am today, just being around people that have, you know, some of the successes that I, that I want, being humble enough to accept their advice and to you know, do the work and be okay with me not being okay. Mm. So, you know, it, it takes courage for someone to come out and say, hey, I wasn't doing it right. Yeah. yeah. So from 15 years, from the age of 15 to 30, yeah. and you probably upset a lot of people. But the most important person that you probably upset and you realized it was you, right? Definitely. Yeah. I was uh, very hard on myself for sure because I had these very unreasonable expectations of perfection in every single area of my life. And that 
is a really flawed way to think because you know what? I'm not going to be good at everything, nor do I want to be good at everything. And if I'm trying to be everything to everyone, you're, I kept finding myself in situations I didn't want to be in, you know, on small scales and big scales. Uh, you know, mm. like my, my brother loves to fish. And, right. and I told myself that I like that because you know, I should like everything or whatever. And so I found myself fishing and I don't enjoy fishing uh, at all. <laughs> and that's okay. It's not, you know, it's not for me. Like I, I love to do other things. I play hockey and baseball. And my brother's not a big fan of playing those. You know, mm. nothing's wrong with that. It's just really being okay with, you know, creating your way. And I'm not saying, you know, be selfish and petulant like a child. Right. But if I'm competing and, and trying to be like other people, well, that stifles creativity. And creativity is the best gift we have to bring to the world because when we're creating, we're doing something in only the way we can. Mm. And even if it rhymes with somebody else's creation, it's still unique to us. Right. And, you know, I think it's so beautiful. When you're aligned with like that authentic truth of you, creating from that place of love like that's when really cool things start happening and you know when you're mixing generosity at the end of that it's so brilliant because you know you're focusing on other people you don't have time to worry about what's in it for you or what's not in it for you or any other things that just don't matter yeah yeah you know i i like the fact that you you thought of the fact of not necessarily having to please other people but in the beginning you were doing that weren't you well, attempted, but, <laughs> and, and, and it was all like selfish though. It wasn't, I mean, some, I love people. I love to help people and I did good things too, but right. I, w- I was self-focused and, and just, and I think, you know, some of that comes from, you know, our, our ego, obviously, but also some of it from society. It's like, Hey, you need this to be complete. Right. You need this car, this job, this relationship, this watch, whatever. And the, the simple fact is like, we're born complete. You know, we're, we're born in this really beautiful place of love. And as kids, like, we get it, right? That's why we're having so much fun as kids. Like, we're just joy. Yeah. And joy is love, love expressed, right? And then we get away from that. Or some of us do. Some of us stay on target. And, <laughs> you know, but that's why it's, like, so fun to, like, go back. Okay, what did I love doing as a kid? Right. You know, a lot of things I love doing then, I still love doing. You know, I love helping other people, having fun with other people, and just being real and raw. Yeah. And kids are so happy, right? Yeah. It's it's you know I I think it's the environment that that puts this negativity in us because if you look at a baby they they're only upset if they're hungry or they soil themselves or that's it or they're in pain that's it right. nothing else nothing else matters right and then we're born with this incredible body that's also waterproof you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is pretty cool yeah. so and, and then this this amazing brain of ours that gets developed and also our thought patterns, the way we think, the way we think the world should be. And then all these things start to hit us, right? Where, no, you're thinking wrong. No, you're not doing this. No, you're not doing that. Stop it, stop it, stop it. And a lot of times our creativity is put to a stop until we find our own way until we say, wait a minute, right? So I, I call it like a code, right? Like we, we're all born with a certain code of curiosity, right? And then later on, someone comes in, they put a new program in, it's like, nope, you can't be curious. You can't do this. So there's all these viruses that come in to infect the beauty that we're born with. And then later on, we, kind of, we become teenagers and then what do we do? We break every code, right? We tear it all up. Yeah. And then we have to come back to reality of society because society has its own code. We have to kind of abide by the laws, right? By the, by the laws of our parents, the laws. Sometimes we avoid those when we're teenagers. But the reality of we live in a world and it's not just our world. We may live in our own world, but we live in a world where we share it with other people. And this is... This is where the beauty can come in and, and where from 15 to 30, you kind of said, you know what, this is my way, period. And I care about nothing. Am I right on that? Yeah. Well, it was, you know, I cared about being in my way. I cared about being right. Mm. And all those other things that just aren't important. Yeah. And, and in a way, that's not a negative, you know. To me, it's, it's, it is and it isn't, right? Because you, you're going like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. But it is and it isn't because... Sometimes you have to have the conviction of your beliefs, of your dreams, of this is how I think it should be. 
and don't get me wrong, the, the, the negative part is where, where every single person, even yourself, is saying, wait a minute, I'm doing something wrong here, right? Yeah. So talk to me. You, you did all these things, and you realized that life could be sweeter, right? Once you, you fall into you, who you are, the beauty that is you, the Kevin, right? Let's call it the Kevin experience, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what changed at 30? Well, I got over myself, for starters. But, mm. you know, it wasn't that simple. You know, I, had, I was just really struggling with reality. Mm. And, you know, I wanted it to be different than it was. And, you know, that's where we get into troubles, you know. And still, like, I'm not perfect, obviously. Uh, it's when we get into that argument with reality that we get really sideways. And, you know, I tried to mask, like, the pain of not living to my true self. Like, for me, it was alcohol. Like, mm. I would, you know, if I can't feel pain, like, then it won't hurt, right? right that was, right. you know, the misguided thoughts that I had. And luckily, I have some phenomenal family and friends. Like, man, you you know, like, you, you can have more than this. It, right. You know, it doesn't have to be this way. And uh, I just, man, I got really clear about what's important to me. And, you know, what's important to me is aligning with that code that you're talking about. You know, that's, that's a, such a, you know, great word. That's kind of how I help people understand. Just like, hey, we all have this, like, hero's code inside of us. You know, mm. like a combination lock. We're trying to get dialed in. And, you know, like that 15 to 30-year-old kind of period for me was like, I was like the victim of myself, right? And I was like the right. victim and the villain to myself. And then right, right, right. I was probably the villain to other people as well. And like, you know, we're, we're all heroes and we're all guides at different times. You know, like as a coach, you guide people on their hero's journey and I get to do the same. And, you know, uh, people help me on my hero's journey. You know, I work with a coach, I'm in a mastermind and you know, they bring me along to where I want to go to. And, right. you know, like it's such a, a better place when you live in that space of, you know, like I don't know all the answers, but, you know, I'm just really attempting to create from my most authentic self. Mm. And it doesn't mean every day we're sliding down a rainbow, you know, petting a puppy on way to work at the unicorn ranch. But right, right, right. <laughs> but when you're coming from that place of like truth, like that's you know, love and like unconditional love, not yeah. necessarily romantic. Right. But right. just I love you no matter how you show up. Like that's love. I don't have to like you mm. to love you. Right. right, right. And, when you're coming from that place and when you encounter other people like that, I'm like, I feel that, you know, from you, it's like, it's very cool mm. because we instantly, you and I are so much more powerful than two people Oh yeah, because of the synergy we have together. Right. And like, we're designed as humans to operate with others and cooperation and in groups. And like, when you try to do it your way, you become like, you know, a one, one man band and that's it. And the orchestra is over there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah, I, I love how humble you are. And also, I want to go to the unicorn farm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. because I, I can only see rainbows and unicorns and, you know, swings and all that cool stuff and some green grass. But we can still have that, right? We can still have that and make it a reality. You know, someone said to me the day I woke up, I was like, huh, that, that's, that's very powerful because you may have been going through certain parts of your life where you would just, it was monotonous, right? It was like Groundhog Day again and again and again. And once you make a decision that your life can be different or better every single day, holy cow, there come the unicorns, right? There comes the beauty, there comes the passion, and there comes the warmth in your heart that you feel when you're impacting another person or you're just helping them or you're just you know, saying, let me, let me hold the door for you, or can I pick that up for you, or can, can I do that for you, right? It's those little things that truly can make us live a life worth living, right? Absolutely, and I love that, you know, the day that I woke up statement that you made, because I feel like there's really kind of three stages in life, right? There's childhood, we're all kids, and that's when we get it, right? When we're, we're happy and full of love, because we just came from the truth, right? And Oh, yeah. You talked about babies, and I love that. And I use that analogy a lot. I think it makes so much sense. But then level two of life is kind of that, or stage two of life is like that adult victimhood that I was talking about where you know things happen to you, but not maybe for you. And a lot of people uh, fail to take the stage for act three, mm. and they stay stuck on that level of adult victimhood, not because they're bad people, but just because they haven't you know let go and allowed themselves to you know see what being more looks like. And 
level three is like spiritual awakening, right? Awakening from thought, yeah. understanding. I don't have to believe everything I think. I don't have to have an opinion about everything I see. Or I don't have to have an opinion about every thought I have or every thought you have. It's just an opinion, right? Right, exactly. And I don't need to throw those around. You know, how about I just be and really understanding and executing that it's so fundamentally important to your joy that you are intentional about being kind as opposed to being right. You know, like, cause I've never walked away from somebody who's like, man, they were right about everything. They were awesome. You know, but uh, I have walked away from many people like today, you know, my wife will ask, how was the interview? Oh, man, it was awesome. You was so kind, such a kind host. You were so gracious. Hmm. I, you know, like that's all, that's all I'm looking for. You know? Yeah. yeah. You, you know, the, the impact that one person can make on another, it's all based on the moment, isn't it? The moment in time that you're sharing together, because when when someone shows up and they have an agenda and the other person has a different agenda and they can't match that agenda or they can't come to a, to an agreement that, hey, maybe we'll do your agenda first and my agenda second. <laughs> right. So you help people and, and you decided to start helping people in business. Why did you? take it up upon yourself to become a coach why couldn't you just do your job <laughs> like like everybody else why why do you want to meddle in other people's business tell me about that you know because to me that that speaks volumes of the kind of person that you are because i can already tell that you are someone who not only learned from what life has given you but you made a decision to impact other people why'd you do that yeah what a great question you know because i for the longest time you know we've discussed ad nauseum a little bit about my struggle right and right as i i mean what's everybody's favorite subject you know me of course right of course and, uh, you know the joke but not a joke but i, I was so grateful because for the longest time i knew there i was like there has to be more i just don't know what getting to more looks like and i needed help and and, and finally i was able to ask for it thankfully but I had so many people help me without asking for anything. They wanted literally nothing from me mm. except to help me. And I'm so humbled and grateful that people did that. And I, I love paying that forward and paying it back to other people because, you know, again, so many people help me, but that's why we're all here. We're here to grow as much as we can so we can give it all away. That's the whole point. And so I was really blessed to have people do that for me. And, you know, because of the strengths and the talents that I have, I'm pretty uniquely designed to really help people see what being more in their life looks like without you know, making them feel like less and a pretty cool deal. Yeah, I love that. When you, you think about your action steps, right, that have brought you to you being you today, right? And, and you talked about the stages of life, right? I, I really like the, the Kevin stage, right? The, the Kevin stage that you you choose, right? Because you can choose what stage in life you're going to truly live in, right? Because maybe there was a stage in life where we didn't care about anyone else. It was just me, 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 right? And now we're comparing it to how can I be there for others? What difference can I do in this world that will impact other people? Because now we have to start thinking about legacy. What are people going to remember me for? Who am I, right? Those are some of the questions that a lot of people also forget to ask. So, Kevin, at 30, and I love the fact that you said you did not do it. It didn't come overnight, right? No overnight success for you. But here's the thing. It takes time to come from, I guess, to emerge from one being, one stage to the next stage. Tell me, what was the process? What was your first idea that? You know, I really do have to take control. Yeah, the first, I just realized how unhappy I was. Mm. And I was living somebody else's version of success. And it wasn't just one person. It was a you know, conglomeration like, oh, they look like they're winning. Maybe I should do that. And then I'll do this. And all these things that just didn't want to be doing. And so the, I think the very first step towards improving any situation, whether it's, you know, for your bowling team, your business, your spiritual life, whatever it is that you want to improve, the first step is to really understand, like, you know, what do I want? Like, what do I want in this situation? 
Mm-hmm. You know, what do I want? Like you said, out of life. And you know, one of the ways to get there is like, okay, you know, like, what am I passionate about? Like, such an important question. What do I want? Like, what? I'm going to the gym. I don't know what I want. I'm just going to walk around the gym, wander around, and then maybe do a little workout and then leave. So I didn't have a clear goal. And if I don't have a clear goal, how would I know if I even got it? Mm. And when we don't have clear goals, we don't really know what action to take. And until we're in action, we don't get feedback on our actions. And so, like, what am I passionate about creating my life right now? And then the second question you have to answer is why? Like, why is this important? You know, what purpose does this serve? And one of the easiest ways to get to that why is, okay, it's this thing I'm passionate about creating. How can I mix generosity into it? And, you know, for me, it was about personal development and just being a better version of me on a daily basis. Not taking over the world before dinner, but just every day getting better, a little bit better some days, maybe a lot some days. Mm. But, you know, how can I use that to serve others? And so it's what and why, those two simple questions. And if you can answer those, it's really powerful. And the way that you know you've answered those is when you say, hey, what do I want? And you have a very simple answer. You know that you deeply understand it. Because unless you can explain something very simply, you don't understand it. And that's okay. You just need clarity. But when you're confused, a confused mind doesn't usually take much action. It's definitely not aligned action. And so those two questions are great. But a lot of people, you know, that myself included in the past and, you know, a lot of the clients when I first start working with them, it's they try to add in the how. This is what I want. is why I want it. But how? How am I going to do it? Well, if you knew how, you, you probably would have already done it. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and uh, there's, there's a great book by Viktor Frankl, uh, Man Search for Meaning. And, you know, Viktor Frankl was an off switch, I believe, for six years. You know, concentration camp, one of the worst things that's ever existed in this world. Mm. And, he, and he's like, man, when your why is big enough, the how will emerge. And he talked about the reason he made it through that terrible situation is because he had a why. It was bigger than himself. You know, it was something outside of him, a purpose he was looking to serve. And so, you know, getting crystal clear. What do I want? Why do I want it? And, you know, we all share the same inner purpose. And that's to become, you know, the fully most, you know, expressed, evolved version of us we can be so that we can serve at the highest level. And how does that tie into, you know, the myriad of outer purposes we have? You have the outer purpose of, you know, being a, you know, a great husband, the outer purpose of being a great son, brother, friend. Uh, business coach, whatever, like all of those tied directly in to the inner purpose of me evolving towards my highest self. And so, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. It's very simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. So you know, what do you want? Why do you want it? And allow yourself to have grace, which means, you know what, make new decisions about who you are right. and what you can do and what, you, you know, what you want. And like we're ever evolving multidimensional beings. It's not a static world we live in. And so it's okay. Just, you know, what do you want? Why do you want it? Yeah, no, I, I love that. And, and the concept of the, the why and, and the what, because, you know, what do you want to accomplish and why do you want to accomplish it, right? Because when we find purpose, and, and I've spoken to people in their 40s and 50s, and they're still, I still don't know why. Yeah. And I'm like, that's okay. I said, but, you know, what are you doing? Because that may be part of your why. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, then there it is. There's your answer because you need to be happy with why you're doing what you're doing, right? And it doesn't matter, you know, job-wise or career-wise or relationship-wise. I think what really matters is when we can start to understand what we're doing here, who we are, right? And you said you, you were not happy with who you were. This is why you decided to make a change. This is why you started to make a difference in your life. Because then once you, I guess you found your why, right? Would you say you found your why and that's why your, your why became stronger? Absolutely. And I think it's an ever-evolving journey. I mean, it looks very similar, but you know, the more that I grow, the more I can see. And you know, it's about awareness. And you know, like continually evolving is going to be chaotic because you know what? Everything looks messy in the middle. We're all in the middle of life. Right. And Everything looks like a failure in the middle, too, if you think about it. You know, mm. building a car halfway through looks like a failed if you judge me by, you know, the middle product. And we're, we're basically all in the middle of our lives at some point, right? We're all in the middle of that dash on the tombstone. There's a beginning date and an end date and a dash. Yeah. And we're, we're all in the middle of that dash. And so how can you possibly judge, you know, yourself as failure? You haven't gotten to see the end yet. Yeah. And when you do see the end, then you can reflect back as like, what did I do, right? Yeah. To get here. How were my actions? Who did I affect? Right? Because, listen, we may be small, 
in comparison in the world, but we're still that pebble in the lake. We do still make a, an effect. Right? You throw that pebble, it's going to go, oof, and it's going to go far. But so we need to see ourselves as worthy of being us, of finding us. And for those people who, and even some of the clients I've had who came to me at first and could not find their why, and I said, you know, you are still special. You are still worth everything. The only thing is you got to figure out what it is that you want at the end of your journey to reflect back on. Who are you? And that's a question that a lot of people have a hard time answering, right? Who, who am I? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I don't think it, it needs to be super complicated. You don't need to have. No, not at all. Solve pie to figure it out. Right, <laughs> right. Like, right. I mean, what's important to you? And, you know, like, what's important to me and, you know, feels very personal. It's probably universal. It's, like, important to me that at the end of the road, if, you know, were to be asked, like, hey, you know, were you kind more than you were right? Did you choose love over fear mm. as a matter of habit? And, you know, if I can say yes to both of those, I think uh, I'm definitely winning. And you know, did you care more about, you know, other people than yourself? And, yeah, we're important. We're all very important, and we're all worthy by birth. But, you know, like I love when I focus on others, there's very little time left for me to worry about what's in it for me or what's not in it for me. Mm. And it's such a cool deal that we all get to be a part of here on Earth. You know, we get to be around others that are completely different, exactly the same at the same time. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, why, why wouldn't we pick each other up and just run together, you know, towards whatever it is we, we desire? Yeah. So you, you teach people about leadership. Why is that so important? And I'm talking about people who are already leaders, people who are already in a position of leadership who may have teams under them. But just because you're an accidental leader, right? Someone said, hey, you're in charge today. <laughs> that doesn't mean you know how to lead. And even some, some people who may have been, maybe they worked themselves up from the janitor all the way up to you know, a, a big leader role they still may not le be leading the way they could be. This is where you come in, right? This is where you, you teach them or guide them, if, I, if you will, the right way to be the most effective leader. Tell us, tell us the, the, the role that you do play in someone's life who is looking out for you. Sure. Um, yeah, thanks. That's a great question. You know, really, uh, I love to work with leaders because leaders are you know, making a big impact. And really, that's, you know, again, the point, right? We're here to mm. help as much as we can. And when you, you know, improve yourself as a leader, that's really scaling yourself because you're going to improve people behind you. And leadership's not about you, the leader. It's about the people you lead. And, you know, when you're at that highest level of leadership and you're creating leaders of leaders behind you, not, mm -hmm. you know, not only are you creating leaders, but the leaders you're creating are pouring into other people and creating leaders. And when you're doing that from you know a very kind place of love, like you're making a very positive, powerful impact in the world. And so, like you said, a lot of people that I'm blessed to work with, uh, you know, like business owners or different types of executives that already having success and mm -hmm. uh, pretty high levels in a lot of cases. And it's not that uh, you know they they need me to tell them how to be better at what they do, but it's it's gets lonely as a leader. Sometimes you don't always have somebody to go to. And so really what we do is curate a safe space for leaders to come together with other leaders and, you know, have somebody to run with that's not a competitor. And, you know, have me as the guide in the group, but also have other leaders around you that you know, can give you feedback or help you see maybe what you're not seeing. And it's so beautiful. You know, when you have 10 people together that are running towards a common goal, like the synergy that sprays out of that is phenomenal. And you, I mean, over and over again, we see people making you know, life-changing quantum leaps in their business and in their lives. Mm -hmm. And performance, of course, dramatically better and so far beyond their current belief level or limits. But, you know, relationships get better because how we do anything is how we do everything. If I get better at being me, I'm going to get better at being me with you. Right. And, you know, the money obviously comes with that. And, you know, health is one of the cool byproducts that, you know, kind of spits out the end, too, of a lot of the leadership stuff we do because people are less stressed. They have more freedom, more time. It's doing life on their terms. Right. So, Kevin, how, how important is it for a leader or even anybody to have clarity in what they do? 
oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> we can talk for uh, hours, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, get comfortable, everybody. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll be brief with this. Uh, and there was a great study I was reading about on the internet. You know, so that means it's true, right? You can't sure. put information yes. on there. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, man, I, it must have been in the early 1900s because it was Max Planck who was kind of around in Einstein time and uh, you know, the, one of the, I guess, premier guys on quantum theory and all that. But talked about a study he did and he had people in the woods and he had people in a desert and they didn't know where they were. They didn't have a compass. They didn't have a map. They didn't know any of the landmarks and they set them off at point A and they're like, Hey, go to here, point B. But again, no map, no compass. I don't know where I'm at. So I can't identify landmarks. And every single time what they did in the study, the people would walk around in circles and they would go back to the start because left without clear direction, like we always pretty much go in circles and then we go back to what's familiar. Hmm. Even if what's familiar is something we don't want. And so without clarity, like, how do we know what action to take? How do we know where to go? How do we know if we even get there? And without clarity, you will find yourself, and I'm speaking from experience personally and professionally with so many clients, without clarity, you will find yourself being very busy, Mm. but maybe not productive. And there's nothing more frustrating as feeling like the work is never done and you're really not creating anything. You're just, like you said, you know, Groundhog Day like Bill Murray, but without all the fun things he got to do. <laughs> yes. You know, when we think about not only clarity, but the actions that we take, right? When you talked about taking that control, it made me think of a couple of friends of mine. Well, my brother is is, is a, a Marine. He'll always be a Marine, right? Yeah. Um, he's he's uh, in the reserves, but, you know, he, he served. And, but he still serves anytime that he's he goes a couple of times uh, a month and he, he presents and he's there. And if they need him, he's there. But I had a friend of mine who was a Navy SEAL and he wanted to use my pool because before he became a Navy SEAL, the training that he knew he was going to go under was phenomenal. So he would have his feet tied and his hands tied behind his back and jump in the deep end. And he would say, guys, if I don't come out too soon, just get me out. Like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Wow. And so that he did that every day until he actually went to boot camp so that he would know what to expect because he knew that this was going to happen. So he trained for boot camp before boot camp ha- happened. And when, when we think about the struggles that we may be going through ahead, I think preparing for them like this young man did, and he became a Navy SEAL because in his mind, he already was a Navy SEAL, right? So when we think about like, like in Napoleon Hill's book, uh, Grow and Think Rich, when you think about your future, you should dream big, right? And you should make it like, listen, if I want to have this new company, how much do I want the company to be in 10 years? Where do I want it to be? Do I want it to be $10 million company, a $50 million company, or a $100 million company? And then what struggles am I going to face to make this happen? So I think understanding the struggles, sometimes even before they come to you, I think will help us become better leaders. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that uh, it's very important to uh, you know, understand how you want to show up before you face the challenge and the problems that are inevitable. And, you know, like Muhammad Ali, he's like, everybody's got to play until they get punched in the mouth. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, okay, I don't need to like maybe line out every single detail, but I do need to understand very intentionally how I want to show up. Mm. And so, you know, when I'm faced with challenges, like if I'm intentional about perceiving them as an opportunity to grow or, you know, like anytime you get something you don't want, whether it's you know, maybe a bad leader in front of you or, you know, a coworker you, you don't love or a situation you don't love, it's, it's okay because you can choose how you feel about it, right? It's not the people around you, the situations you're in that make you happy or unhappy. It is the thinking in your head and the feelings you attach to those thoughts. That's mm-hmm. what makes you unhappy. Right. And so if I can be the attitude of gratitude, right? If I can be grateful for the hard things in my life, you know, then I can really be grateful for anything. And when right, I'm grateful right. for the hard things, I instantly have more things to be grateful for. And, you know, like being intentional, like, hey, you know what? Like, whatever happens, I'm going to face it with love and grace and, you know, compassion, sensitivity, whatever. Like, doesn't mean that you're going to show up perfectly in every situation. Mm. But you're much more likely to get where you want to go if you understand, you know, where you, what, what, where you want to go looks like. 
Yeah. I, I love the intentional aspect of it because one of the things that I always consider is that I am fortunate to have someone in my presence, right? If I'm going to help them. And it doesn't matter if I get no help back. Same thing I feel like if, if I lend someone money because they're in, in dire needs. And if I never get that money back, my, I already in my head know that it will be a gift back to me if that money comes back. So if somebody needs to borrow something from me, whatever it is, or if I need help, maybe they'll be there to help me. But I don't always expect it, but it is a gift when I do get it back, right? Thinking that way with the intention of, let me just give. And, and if, if it comes back, I'm cool. I consider it a, a gift, right? So talk to me about how important it is for a business person. And, you know, and when we talk about business, we're not talking about necessarily a, a small business, a large business, an, a huge corporation. We're talking about any one person or any one organization. So business can be meant in so many different ways because you can have business at home, right? You can, you can run your business at home. You can run your business out of your car. You can run your business out of a building, out of an organization, a factory. It doesn't matter where. But how important is the culture of business? Yeah. Wow. You know, I think that like one of the most important things with regards to leadership, business, anything, is really understanding how you can leverage that influence equation. Mm. And the influence equation to me is really kind of three parts and it's trust connection and vision and so many times people start in business or as a leader or whatever at the back of the equation and they just start sharing a vision and if people aren't connected to that vision and if they don't trust you you know whether you're a business or in a one-on-one conversation or leading a team or whatever if people don't trust you they don't feel safe right and if people don't feel safe they, they're not going to create they're going to compulsively react because they're going to be in fear of some sort even if that fear manifests as anger or mm. guilt, shame, remorse, apathy, they're all fear-based. And so it's so crucial that you really make trust, building trust a daily practice. And you know, there's lots of different ways that you can build and increase trust. But uh, I think one of the most powerful ways is being authentic. Mm. And, you know, authentic is like, hey, not my way or the highway. Not um, <laughs> I'm brand because I'm the leader or the woman or whatever. It's just like, hey, you know what? Like what I say is what I'm going to do. And if I don't, I'm going to make amends or, you know, I'm going to help you understand, you know, like why I didn't do what I said I was going to do. Mm. But, you know, like saying, that's like, that's being a pro, you know, like being on, let's say I'm going to be here at this time, I'm here at this time. And, or whatever the case may be, you know, but not saying one thing to the people that you lead or sell to or work with in your business and then doing another in your personal life. Like, no, how you do anything is how you do everything. If you're, dishonest at work you're probably dishonest in your personal life you know if you're sloppy at work you're probably sloppy in your personal life but if you're you know come from a place of love and really compassion and service and grace in your professional life you probably do that personally and so that's really beautiful and that's definitely a great way to build trust and make people feel safe because they know how you're going to show up regardless of the situation and then uh, connection and it's like if, if i'm you know connected to myself first is important because i can't mm-hmm. get what i don't have if i'm disconnected you know from reality, from myself, from whatever, then I can't connect with the person across from me. Yeah. And when I am connected, and it's a connection built on trust, that's when people will happily co-create whatever vision you're putting out there, whether it's in a coaching environment, a, you know, a business environment, church, whatever. And so trust, connection, vision in that order is crucial to really you know, creating any kind of culture that's conducive to success at a high level. Oh, I totally agree. How does someone who maybe they're a small business, maybe it's, maybe it's just them, but they're looking to expand and they realize that they can't do certain things alone and they need to bring a team on. It could be a team of one person, right? That's a team, it's you and them, right? Or maybe they, they realize, wow, this thing is really exploding and in order for me to really catapult this business, I need... I need this person, that person, you know, three, four, five, even 10 people in order for this to be successful. Because maybe they went to Shark Tank and all of a sudden they go, we got a deal. And they're like, okay, great. Now how are you going to make it happen? Oh my gosh, I need to bring all these people on for it to really, because production now has to like really go forward. How do you start that 
culture with new people coming in, strangers totally, to even knowing the way you are, the way you work. How do you bring them on and explain the culture that you want to have in the work environment? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it goes back to the previous question of clarity. Mm. For one, you need to be crystal clear on what kind of things are important to you. Like, what are your values? And your values become everything. You know, it's a filter for everything you do, for hiring, for firing, promoting, and, you know, interviewing. If, you know, people don't line up with the culture's values that you've created, then they're not a good fit. But, you know, when people do and what's important to you is important to them, then you're going to have a lot of commonality and, you know, you're creating from that same foundation. And it goes back to that influence equation. When you're owning your core values, that builds and deepens trust. And when people feel connected to the values you have, then that just makes it all the more powerful. Mm. And so I think it's crucial that you understand, hey, like what kind of company am I creating here? You know, is it in line with who I, who I be personally? And, you know, one of the things, kind of two-part answer, one of the things I think is so crucial to success in anything is having somebody that helps you see what you're not seeing because you're so pressed up against the glass of your own life. It's hard to get an accurate view. Right. And so that's where someone you know, like you or, or myself comes in, right? A really good coach that you trust mm-hmm. feel connected to that can help you see, you know, where you're wasting your energy, blocking it, not using it, or just not really seeing things accurately. And whether you're in one-on-one coaching or part of a mastermind group or a networking group or just somewhere you have people that have some level of success that you desire for yourself, right? That you can get advice from or just have, you said that word present earlier. It's like and some of the, the best coaches are the ones who are just present for you and create a really safe space for you to get your words out in front of you, get your ideas out in front of you without judgment. And the only bias like the coach brings into the uh, relationship is, you know, bias towards getting you whatever it is you want. Mm. I think that it's really, really crucial. It is. It is. When we think about, coaching. Why can't, why do I need a coach? You know, I know how to do this business. Why do I need a coach? Why do I need Kevin? What is Kevin going to do for my business? What is Raphael going to do for my business? I don't need these guys. I don't need a a business coach. I don't need a fitness coach. I don't need a a health coach. I only go to the doctor when I'm not feeling well. That's the only time. I don't go for checkups. I don't go for anything, right? Why? Great, Great question. Why do we need you? Well, now, the short answer is you don't need anything, right? We need water and food, right? And that's what we need. But that's it. you might want a coach because you want to go further faster. Mm. And, you know, like one of the most important things as a business owner or a leader or is realizing that you're not going to be able to do it all, nor should you be doing it all. You know, you should be spending time doing like what only you can do as much as possible because that's creation. And, you know, when you have, you know, a really great coach that you know helps you understand not just you know where you're wasting your energy block and all that but hey this is like what your absolute version of amazing looks like mm. and here's what's preventing you from getting there and it's such a powerful thing i mean i love sports and you know i love the dallas cowboys no matter how they show up and, uh, <laughs> you know, it would be ludicrous if i looked on the sideline and saw no coaches mm. now they have I have no idea how many coaches they have, but it looks like they have like 50. Yeah, right. And sometimes it looks like they have none. So who knows? Um, But, you know, it's like any professional has a coach, whether, you know, it's uh, a tennis star or a baseball star or whatever, or a musician, like they all have coaches for a reason because they're professionals. Mm -hmm. And as leaders and business owners, we're professionals too. I I work with a coach. I'm part of a mastermind. And, you know, because there's a lot of people who can help me see what I'm not seeing. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, so crucial that you're able to go to other people because that's humility, right? Yeah. You know, seeing the good, the value of other people's ideas. And I definitely don't have a monopoly on all the good ideas myself. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> Absolutely not. I hear you. Likewise. But you know, like, I bet you right now, you don't know what the back of your hair looks like, right? Or the back of your ears, right? But That's a good point. You would need someone else to look, right? To tell you, hey, you know what? You know, that's why, listen, when you go get a haircut, doesn't the barber always put the hair, the the mirror behind you so you can see that he did a good job? Because you couldn't see it anyway, right? Even though you're looking in the mirror, because what we should be doing is focusing on what's ahead. And a coach is great because they're going to tell you, 
keep going forward. But let's not forget this, forget that, forget this. Let's keep this in mind. And don't forget, you still have to take care of this other item. And so, yes, I'm glad that we're both on the same page about coaching because no one, including the president of the United States, rules our country by themselves. They have advisors, right? They have people that come in and, and coach them on different things, even on speaking and all these different things, no matter how good they are, right? And every coach has had someone there to help them out. I recently watched, a, I think it was a show. I don't know what, where it was. I really don't watch TV, but it was a recording of it. So I was able to watch it because I don't, I don't allow anything to control my day. I control my day through my schedule. So this way, when I, I have a little bit of downtime, yeah, I'll go and I'll watch something that is interesting to me. And it was about the first ladies, right? And one of them was Eleanor Roosevelt and how brilliant she was. And she's powerful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, they had Obama there and, and then they also had Betty Ford. But to me, if I, if I wanted to talk to any one of them, and I know um, Michelle Obama's still around and, and she would be a great conversation to have with. But my gosh, Eleanor Roosevelt was just a powerhouse, right? And the fact that she advised the president of the United States on so many topics, even the fact that the United Nations are around because of her, if you will, right? Because he kind of like a good idea, then he ran with it. But <laughs> thinking about the people that impact our lives, and sometimes, you know, one of the things I always tell people is that when you get free coaching, sometimes that's the worst, right? Because who's going to give you free coaching, right? People who don't want to see you progress, right? People who are going to, they're going to yes you because they love you. Your family's going to tell you, that's a great idea. I think you should do that. Meanwhile, when you go, will you pay for it? They're like, uh, no, <laughs> I don't want to spend that kind of money. So it's, it's the ideas of who do we have in our corner? Who do we invest time and money in? that's going to propel us to our next level, our next stage of our life, next stage of our business. Because businesses also go through stages, not us alone, but the force of us is what makes that business propel forward. Tell us how important it is to, and we talked about having the culture, but setting up the culture so that we have the right team in place. Yeah, well, again, I mean, that's that great question. You had of clarity, you know, like, yeah. what kind of environment do I want to create? And, you know, obviously a collaborative environment is crucial to success because if it's not collaborative, it's competitive. Right. And, you know, collaboration strives for you know, creativity and uniqueness. And that's brilliant. Competition strives for to be the same, to beat you in the way you're winning or vice versa. And, you know, we're all so different. Like we need to have permission to be us. And that mm. comes from the culture we're in. If it's a culture of submission and leadership is right, no matter what, then creativity is going to be stifled. But if it's a place where, you, you know, it's safe for you to, you know, make mistakes if necessary and, you know, even fail, like that's pretty conducive to explosive creativity. Because if I know it's safe to fail, then I'm going to go bigger. Yeah. Because when I go big, sometimes I do stumble and, and fail. But you know what? As long as I get up every time, there's no failure. Right. And so I think just making it safe for people to, you know, play almost. And, you know, play is maybe not the best word there, but to be creative and to, you know, to live in that space of, you know, just like, what if? Mm. Instead of like, you know, keeping your head down, like, because I don't want the boss to look at me when he comes back. <laughs> whatever so i just think you know really promoting uh safety and creativity is so crucial to success in any endeavor yeah i don't know any successful person who hasn't had failure in their life right have you no absolutely not i'm sure you i'm sure you've had them i've had them but but the thing is if we if we run a business of fear right and don't get me wrong uh, you know, you may fail big, but, you know, like they say, if you don't go big, then go home, right? Because what winds up happening, right? What happens at the inception of that business and then later on when it kind of takes over 
And you've done such an amazing job at that business that it does not need you anymore. Would you say that's success? Oh, absolutely. And that's success in business, success in leadership. Because if you're the type of leader that has to solve everyone's problems, mm. then that means you have to be there to solve everyone's problems all the time. Yeah. And that begets more problems. And that's not leadership. That's no. management, right? That's telling people what to do. You know, as a leader, you should be, you know, inspiring and empowering people to solve their own problems because like then they don't like, need you for everything, but also they get to use that inherent creativity that we all have. Yeah. What one of the things I tell my clients is I want to learn from you too, right? Yes. Because you know, I don't know everything. My knowledge is is very small. And this is why I'm taking you as a client. So you can teach me something. <laughs> yes. And they, they look at me and like, oh, wait a minute, but I'm hiring you. I said, I, I'm aware of that. <laughs> and I said, I am an expert in certain things, but you're an expert in others. And if I cannot learn from you, then I should not be your coach. If That's I cannot great. learn, and I say that again, if I cannot learn from you, then I am not worthy of being your coach because I learn from everybody. You know, I, I can learn from a five-year-old. I can learn from an 80-year-old. So, and in between, if you're 102, please teach me, especially, I love talk, talking to old timers because my gosh, the knowledge that they have is beyond. And sometimes they don't realize that the impact that they've made, you know, one of the things I always tell everybody, you know, that, that joke is why, why do they make fences around a cemetery? Right. But the real sad part about it is that the cemetery is full of dead dreams, that people never did what they were supposed to do. So there's countless and countless of dead dreams that go to a cemetery because someone did not believe in themselves enough to pursue that which was scary, frightening, terrifying, because they were afraid of that failure. Yeah, well, that's what great coaches do, like yourself, right? You hold that space of belief for people until they're ready to step into it themselves. and. Mm -hmm. That's what the great coaches that I've been lucky enough to work with have done for me, or whether it's a teacher, or a coach, or you know, a parent, or whoever. What do you What do you believe as far as hiring a coach? What would be the first steps that someone should do when they hire a coach? I mean, I have my own ideas, but I'd love to get your take on it because there are people out there who who believe that mm, coaches are too expensive, or I can't afford a coach or I don't need a coach. So I'd love to get your, your take on it. What are the first things that they should do if they want a coach? Yeah, well, um, I mean, you can't afford not to. Yeah, yeah sure. Right. You know, why are you waiting to go after what you want? You know, mm. now the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. So right. I would definitely get on that. Um, but when you're you know looking for a coach, I mean, you know, what? What do I want? What's the transformation I'm looking for this coach to help me create? What problem am I looking for them to help me solve? And, you know, do they have this problem in their life? Like, because if they haven't solved this problem themselves, then they can't give me what they don't have, right? I can't give you knowledge I don't have, right? And really just, you know, there's so much access to information about anyone out there. I'll find some of that coach's content and just listen to the way they talk or how they write and, how does it make you feel on like your deep fundamental like soul level? Mm. And if it makes you feel good, then that's probably a pretty good indicator that, you know, that's in line with, you know, kind of who you be. Right. If it makes you feel bad, that's, you know, an indicator of something else. And mm -hmm. you know, does, does, do the things they say line up with the actions I see them take? And, you know, do these things align with the core values that I have for myself and for my business and for my life? Yeah. I mean, I, I like the, the core values thing. So, how do we, is there a, a step, a, a pattern that we should start to look into to create those core values? Yeah, I think just paying attention to, you know, what's really important to you. Mm. Like, you know, what are the non-negotiables for me in my life? You know, what's crucial for, you know, me to feel, you know, like I'm living as my most authentic self right. and you know, not making it super complicated because complexity leads to confusion. And a confused mind, you know, doesn't usually act. So keeping it really simple. What are the, you know, simple doesn't mean easy though. What's important to me? Right. Right. Yeah. No, without a doubt. So I just, I just put your website up 
right? Um, is that correct? Yes, thank you. Good, good. I definitely want people to reach out to you because you're right. You may be putting things off. You may have procrastinated. But is it costing you? Is it costing you? How much is it costing you? Maybe you don't know. That's why you need to call Kevin. He's going to help you out, right? He, he will help you understand, you know, the concepts, the ideas, the, the, the systems that you may have to put in place. A lot of us who have systems, right? How important it is, is it for us, not only us, but maybe to get a fresh pair of eyes to see if our systems are really working the way we think they are, right? We may have a system in place, but man, could it be better? But we, we keep thinking, yeah, we got this. But when we get a fresh pair of eyes, what is the difference that that can make? Uh, I mean, just it offers such a better perspective because we're right up, you know, again, against the glass of our own life. And it's hard to get that 30,000 foot view. Like you said, I love the analogy. Like, you don't know what the back of your head looks like. I no. <laughs> when I get a haircut and they show me that, I'm like, I don't need to see that. I don't see that anyway. So why does it matter? I don't, you can do whatever you want back there. Well, but, be careful sometimes. They yeah. Might. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but I, they haven't, I haven't, I haven't gotten me yet, but I right, mean, no right. anyways, right? No, but I think just having, you know, again, somebody that allows you to really be your most authentic self in a very safe space is crucial. And, mm. and it doesn't always have to be a coach. It could be just, you know, having somebody at your church or when friends, just somewhere you can go that you feel unrestricted. Yeah. And, you know, it's dangerous sometimes with friends or family because there's a lot of past biases built in, not necessarily bias in a negative way, but we just have these beliefs about the way that, you know, the people we are, are. And, you know, quite often, as I've seen with my clients or myself, you know, when you start growing, especially, you know, quickly, the people in your life that really aren't growing, it takes way more effort for them to recategorize you in their brain. And so so they try to pull you back down to where they're at. Like, no, you don't need to do that. You don't need to like go to this training or coaching or why are you reading or whatever it is. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, just continually giving yourself permission to, you know, let go of the judgments you've made is crucial. And you get a lot of help when you have a powerful coach around you. And like I said, they're holding that space of belief for you. Like, hey, you're here, but I see you here. And that's what some of the greatest coaches have had done for me. Right. And allowed me to really step into and past that here, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When we think about the mistakes that we've done along the way, time machine, right? Time machine. Would you have changed anything in your past if you can go back in time? Yes and no. <laughs> um, you know, it's all made me who I am today. And mm. I absolutely love the life I get to live today. And if it wasn't for you know the contrast of what I didn't want, I don't know that I would have the level of success that I've been able to create. The things maybe I would change was the impact some of my negative actions made on others because I never want to hurt anyone and I never have intentionally. But I know that some of my past actions may have, but that's not that I sit around feeling bad about it. I've made amends where I could. Right. And, you know, where I wasn't able to, you know, I've really, you know, done the work around that too. And, you know, because if, if I stay, you know, stuck in the past, all that gives me is guilt and depression. And, you know, the only person I know that has a time machine is, uh, you know, Doc Brown. He's a fictional character in the movie Back to the Future. That's right. <laughs> Until somebody else comes up with one, I can't go back and change it. And so, right, right. you know, worry solves nothing. Yeah. So moving forward, right? How important is it for us to set ourselves up for success? What steps should we do every day? Should we jot them down? Should we write them down? Should we share with other people? What, what would be a good a, a way for us to move forward so that we can, because I said earlier that we should dream and we should dream big. Listen, don't dream of, to me, you know, I don't want to have a $10 million business. I want to have a billion dollar business. And maybe that's not big enough because I know there's people out there who make more than a billion dollars. Hello, Amazon, right? (laughs) Hello, Google. But, you know, when we think about the potential that every one of us has, it's it's mind-blowing because you and I, we're given the same amount of time, right? 
Steve Jobs, which created, and I keep going to him because I just find him fascinating. He had the same amount of time that we all did. No one has 20, and I want to work nine days a week. Just kidding. I don't. But I sometimes, because I'm doing so much, it feels, and I love everything. And I keep telling somebody, when I grow up, I'm going to get a job. I promise I'm going to get a job one day because I love what I do and I don't feel like I work a day in my life. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's really cool because obviously you're living your passion and serving a purpose with it. Then, mm. you know, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, well, hopefully I never grow up because, you know, we never talked about earlier, kids have it right. You know, they live in that space of, of joy, which is just love expressed. And, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Toys R Us kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me as well. For those who you, people who don't know what Toys R Us are, well, you got to go Google it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they. They refuse to change, and that's why you don't know who they are. They're in the, right. the graveyard with Blockbuster. Just like Blockbuster, you know, <laughs> some of these people yeah. who yeah. wouldn't change, wouldn't adapt, right? And so be, before you go, and, and I know you have to go, but a lot of people had to, and you use the word pivot, but I, I say shift, which is really the same kind of thing, right? We had to shift when the whole world came to a screeching halt. And we had to do things differently. And business, as we started, is done differently. People are working remotely now. This was never possible. And it was not the pandemic. It was happening slowly. But the pandemic just put fire under its butt. Where do we need to be in the office every single day when we could probably be more productive at home? So what, what, and you talked about pivot. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, it's such a good question. And, you know, like Elon Musk just threw down the gauntlet to all his employees at Tesla. He's like, hey, you can either come into the office or you can find a new job. Right. And, you know, like that's, that's one way to do it. He definitely, you don't have to guess what Elon's thinking. Right. He's pretty straightforward. But, you know, like I think that, you know, when it comes to the pivot, like it's all about that intentionality again. Like, you know, there's, there's going to be change. Guaranteed. We get guaranteed pretty much three things, right? We're going to die someday. We're going to pay taxes and things are going to change, you know? Right. And anytime you have a system, uh, a way of doing things or whatever, you know, like your system of life, like the external world is always changing. And so if you're super static and rigid and it has to be my way all the time, mm. well, you're going to get eaten up by personal inflation because the world is still revolving around you. It's just not revolving around you the way you want it to. Right. And, you know, like people mislabel chaos is this bad thing. You know, chaos is needed because chaos is alerting you that something's wrong in the system. Mm. And instead of getting, you know, more chaotic because of the chaos, just simply, you know, pull your head up and like, hey, you know, what could be better? What, and one of the greatest questions you can possibly ask yourself is, like, what do I need to stop doing? Because, you know, perfection is attained when there's no more that we can take away, mm. not no more that we can add. And so, like, you know, what do I need to stop doing? And, you know, like, that's one of the best ways to get yourself out of that busy trap. But, you know, quite often, like, it's kind of the same things. It's worry. We, could, we should all stop worrying, right? Worry solves nothing. Like, in reality, usually worries are baseless. Ask yourself, if next time you're worrying, is there anything I can do about this right now? The answer is no. Then don't don't worry about it. If your house is on fire, worry about that and get yeah. out. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a real perceived worry. If you get chased by a bear, yeah, worry about that. But other than that, you know, don't worry. Like you know, if there's something that can be done, do it. If not, don't let it go. And you know, letting go of the need to assign blame to others or to assign blame to yourself or to defend your actions or complain, like all of those things, just completely give away all your power. Mm. And so you know, when it's time, you know, for a change, just be open to a better way and just that what if and stop needing things to be a certain way for you to be okay. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh my gosh, Kevin, I had a blast, buddy. Me as well. Thank you so much for, for taking the time and, and being here with us. And um, I know we had a little glitch in the beginning, especially me with my, my equipment, but thank you so much for, for being here with us. Um, besides your, your website, which I believe I still have up, how can someone reach out to you, even just have a, a, a call with you just to find out if, if you're the right fit for them? Sure. Uh, you can 
Find me pretty much any anywhere. LinkedIn, Kevin Keppel. Uh, I'm on Instagram, probably the most out of all social media. Not that that's a heavy amount, but Kevin Keppel on Instagram. You know, on our website, we actually have a little spot set up for a strategy call. So nice. You know, wherever it is, reach out and I can help. I love to help, and you know, maybe we get you fixed up right there. And so if not, you know, I would highly, highly recommend Raphael as well. Like, gosh, what a what a beautiful human you are, man. Oh, big thank brain, you, big buddy. heart. What a great combination. So mm-hmm. I know that you're serving at a very high level. So, you know, anything resonated with you, reach out to one of us. Or if not, you know, find somebody that, you know, speaks to you and, you know, like, let go of needing things to be a certain way and, you know, go into the unknown because in the unknowns where all of the gold is. Nobody does know where all the gold is. Yeah. But if you find it, please give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come help you dig, right? Yeah. yeah. Kevin, thank you so much, my friend. You have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. My pleasure. Thanks. I really appreciate you. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Sifu Raphael. Thank you and I really appreciate your help.